Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the CJ JC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the unbiased takes. On this episode, the guys give the NBA a nice current rap recap of what went down, and we take a look at the second-year QB's chances of improving next season in the NFL. So go ahead, sit back, and enjoy the show. All right, so we are back after quite some time away. Uh, Jalen, good to talk with you. We're in the Wednesday, May 25th. Conference finals, getting close to wrapping up. A uh, couple games left. Uh, how you doing today, Jalen? What, what are you What are you feeling uh, as we as we get ready to get into this here? I'm doing pretty good. I'm really excited to see how these finals do wrap up. I'm pretty confident the Warriors are gonna push their way through that. And on their side, as the, I mean, you never know, Luca can happen. But I have my doubts. But really excited for this Eastern Conference series. Really caught. Really called for it to be a good competitive one. So so far, it is lived up to that expectation. So I'm really excited for that. Um, NFL, the days are ticking. Players are going to OTAs. You know, we're already getting OTA controversy, which is not really controversy. It's just yeah. like contract talks. Talk about. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, Lamar. But, you know, I, I respect Lamar's decision, by the way. Um, he deserves the bag, and I, he can take all the time he needs. He's his own agent, so. No, he'll 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 get the. They'll pay him. I'm sure they'll pay him, unless he gets like another bad injury. But they'll definitely pay him. I'm yeah. The Ravens, man. We won't talk about this too much, but I'm really interested to see what their receiving core ends up looking like, because their receiving core is bad right now. Oh, it is rough looking for sure. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, um. I guess you want to start with some NBA before we get into some of these NFL segments you got prepared. Oh, yeah. We got to get the NBA going before I get too excited about the uh, NFL. All right. Uh, so, yeah, as we stand, conference finals, game five, Celtics heat tonight. Uh, I think that's definitely been the more interesting series, even though all the games have kind of been weird blowouts. Um, so it's 2-2, game five in Miami tonight. Both teams a little banged up, kind of been back and forth. Um, kind of a good series like I expected. Um I mean, I honestly didn't predict either of these teams would be in the conference finals, but when when it came out, I kind of felt like Boston would win. I still kind of feel like Boston's a better team. I just and I I hope I'm kind of pulling for Boston because I mean, I feel like they'll give the Warriors a better match, a better fight, um, hypothetically. But I mean, yeah, it's been interesting. Tatum and Brown. I mean, it's just kind of been inconsistent. One, these teams. I mean, that game four was ugly. Like these teams have had some bad quarters and bad moments. So. Uh, what's your just kind of your biggest takeaways from this series? I, I've definitely just it's kind of been all over the place. It's kind of been a tough, kind of been a weird Eastern Conference final so far. It was scrappy, like I called it, man. And I, I am, sm- I love it. Like I said, it was very, it's very competitive, even series. Hopefully, I'm hoping like goes to seven, like I want it to. Um, Good but the injury thing, though, is the thing that surprises me the most. Um, that that is pretty concerning i've even heard there's even like always the consistent covid rumors because i know there's always boston has players that aren't immunized immunized mm-hmm. so but you know i it looks like the covid thing's not being a problem on this game i'm checking the like who's in and who's out right now that's why i just did the yeesh look on the camera <laughs> because uh the heat have five players right now listed day to day for today's game Jimmy, did Jimmy Butler? He played in the last game, didn't he? But he's like playing injured. He injured, yeah. He pretty much got pulled he, after they got blown out. He pretty much pulled himself out. So, and then like uh, Celtics right now, they got Smart and Williams, Robert Williams. I'm pretty sure that's who that is. Um, yeah, Williams been banged out. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are the two day to days. Everyone's day to day, but like you said, everyone banged up. Such a competitive series. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so no, I just wish I just wish it wouldn't be so like flippy floppy, you know. It's just yeah, like, like one game, it's the heat <laughs> completely blow them out, then the Celtics blow them out, then the heat blow them out. It's like really can we just get like a close one? Hopefully that's what we get tonight. But yeah, no, I'm interested to see. I will say, who do you think uh has a better because I think the Warriors they're up three one and they're I mean the maps are outmatched. I didn't feel like they had a ton of a chance against the Warriors anyway, but who do you feel like would have a better chance to beat the Warriors, Miami or Boston? I personally think Boston because they're better defensively, and I think they have just more upside. I 
honestly don't feel great about either of these teams' chances to beat the Warriors, but I think to me Boston would be a better would be a tougher matchup for them. I think both of them will present the Warriors with a solid matchup, probably a little bit better than you think. I think they would at least push. I personally think both teams from the East, the way their defenses are playing and the way the Warriors turn over the ball, I think that series can go the, can go a good distance. So um, I personally say I'm going for the Heat still. So I say the Heat would be the better matchup because um, they, will, they both present both physically dominant teams. But at my argument would be, the heat culture, you know, that's what's pushing them through, you know, and it's true. Like you laugh, but it's kind of true. Like yeah, that's what's true. pushing yeah, them like, through right now. This point is the heat culture. Like they're just grit and grind type of play play. So um, that's my take on that. And, uh, but honestly, I, I can still see the Warriors coming out. Like when it comes to shooting level and finishing, like, I don't know if the Jimmy Butler's can keep up with, Stephen Curry. Yeah, and like Bam. And Wiggins is starting to get his feet underneath them too, which is awesome, by the way. As a Wolves fan, I know I'm supposed to be a little salty, but I'm loving some Wiggins right now, dude. It's pretty hype. It's a perfect fit for him, yeah, because he doesn't have to be the one. The Warriors, and everyone thought he was just going to be like a trade piece, a contract when they got him. And they're like, no, like kind of a perfect fit. Uh, The Warriors, that's the thing about the Warriors is their depth is just crazy. Like they have so many – just great role play. I mean, Wiggins isn't even a role play. Like Wiggins, Jordan Poole, like those dudes are, I mean, their perimeter, they have Curry, Poole, Thompson, and Wiggins. And then with Draymond, like, and then Kevin Looney, they not even mention the young guys like Kaminga, like the Warriors are just such a deep roster. And that's why I feel like they're going to end up winning the finals. Dallas, clearly Luca has been amazing. He's amazing. He's played great, but I mean, the Mavs just, the Mavs just do not have enough. I, I still honestly cannot believe the Mavs beat the Suns. <laughs> um, so Tons like, frauds. I'm glad I didn't have them going that far in my bracket. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, they, they fell apart, but, um, so yeah, like going back to the last thing you saw Miami, like you said, with Jimmy Butler, like the war, the Miami, just, I don't think they just don't have enough scoring. Like they don't have enough offense to, I think, compete with the Warriors. Like Bam hasn't been playing that well in this series. So that's why I think Boston is a better matchup, but yeah, I mean, Pains me to say it, but I think the Warriors are going to win their fourth championship. I don't see uh, either of those teams beating them. Okay, I agree. Bam has not been playing, but would you say that if Bam and the Heat would make it to the finals, would you say that he would have to be the X factor, the difference maker of that finals? Oh, yeah, that? I mean, if yeah, like if for that. the Heat to win that finals, would you say that he oh, would yeah. have to be the only? He would be the one, pretty much. Yeah, he would have to ball out. I mean, they would need him because you know what you're going to get from Jimmy Butler. He's going to be great. Yeah, um, he, your front, yeah, top, your front have, is strong, but Bam's got to play like an all star. He he's he was all star this year, but he hasn't played like one in this series, at least on offense. He's great defensively. Um, but he's offensively, so, yeah, he's been struggling. He's just like what people have been saying about this like whole flip flop series. He's been playing one se- one game. He'll be aggressive. Like game three, they said he had like an aggressive game. And then game four, he's out here like, you know, passive, not really dunking as much at the wrong times. It's, it's you know, it's so flippy floppy. It's weird, man. But also, it's a, maybe they did it just to give us the seven game series. Maybe one of what they're one of our uh, few, few selected listeners at the moment. Shout out them that are listening. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, maybe they heard that and they were like, you know what, this is a good idea, you know, but anyways, so yeah, yeah I think it's a good series. I'm, that's all I can say. And both really defensive. And if Marcus smart probably comes back and Al Horford, let's give him some credit too, by the way, he, uh, for his old age, back the clock this year. I know they were, they literally have a time Lord back there. I swear <laughs> there has to be time Lord. Robert Williams. He is the time Lord. No, he's sitting there. Al Horford <laughs> knew what he was doing when he went back to that team. But um, yeah, that's, that playoffs, man. Whew. Yeah. Lived up to my expectations so far. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I think it's been a great postseason. I'll be a little disappointed if it ends with the Warriors winning it all, but I mean, can't be too mad. They've been the best team. So um. All right, you want to get into – also, before we get into this NFL stuff, I do just want to flex real quick that the Pirates beat the Rockies 10-5 to today. Dude, I saw we lost yesterday too. I was so heartbroken. I'm like, man, are we, are we real? I'm thinking to myself, of all the – like, Pirates are the one team I literally shit talk probably the most. And Amen. it's like, I'm like, there can't be anything worse than being a Pirates fan of the franchise. And here we are getting railed, derailed by the Pirates. And it's – 
it's wild. The Pirates, yeah, they're they're 18 and 25. I mean, that's obviously bad, but compared to where they've been, they're definitely they're trending in the right direction. Uh, they took two out of three from the Rockies, and they're not even last in the division. They're better than the Reds. So. That's what I'm saying. We fell to the bottom of the division. satisfied so far this year with what I've seen from the Pirates. <laughs> Rockies pulled the classic Rockies. I called it in the podcast. Remember, we were like, yeah, Rockies off to a solid start. I was like, wait till we get 10 wins, and then we're going to fall apart. I don't think we've what did we do? I don't know if we've just now at, actually passed 20 wins or you're at 20 and 23. Yes, we just got to 20 wins. So here I am marking that. So <laughs> that all came flying back. But back to the NBA. Um, they got the pregame shows that oh no, that's the dude that looks like Mario Lopez for ESPN. I was about to say they got Mario Lopez at Miami. That'll be hype. Who are you talking about? You talking about um who looks like Mario Lopez? The dude, it's one of the ESPN commentators on there. He's like super, super. He looks like a 25 year old Lopez almost. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, did you want to talk about the, I mean, the math series at all? Or you want to get into some of these NFL segments or do our NBA talk about the NBA? Let's talk about this. Um, what was the all NBA list real quick? Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. finish this NBA up because that that was interesting. I did think there's a especially the second and third teams, and we can even discuss like who do we think could go up there. Yeah. So in the next half we can do football because there's some good football content. I promise. You yeah, know I like your segments you came up with. Uh, so yeah, so the first the teams came out. You said you did not like the first team. Oh, that was all buns. I was just lying. I actually agree with majority of it, but let's hear it real quick. Zoom is so stupid. I'm going to set up a new meeting. So, yeah. So, the All-NBA first team, the guards are Luka Doncic and Devin Booker. Doncic obviously deserves it. Booker, you could have said Jar Curry, but, I mean, he was the best player on the best regular season team. Giannis and Tatum are the forwards, and Jokic at the five. I obviously would put Jokic above Embiid, even though Embiid's been amazing. But Jokic is the two-time MVP. You got to have him on first team. Giannis also is the only player ever, I heard today, to be four-time All-NBA selection. Uh, four years in a row, unanimous All-NBA selection to first team. Damn, uh, yeah. So I don't have – I mean, Tatum – and Tatum had a great year. I, I really don't have any problems with the first team. I mean, the only – the one I would say maybe you could flop Booker with John Moran or Curry. But other than that, I have no issues with the first team. I See, I heard the biggest argument is the fact that they got – like some players got injured, and that's why they were falling and rising on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where Curry kind of probably – Curry and John Moran probably fell. Yeah, they missed you know? the games. Because I agree with you. I probably would, like, when I think about that position, I was thinking, ah, Devin Booker. Definitely don't think he was the best player because I was thinking John Moran. Steph Curry, obviously, was my, probably would have been my go-to vote. But I did remember he did get hurt, and he did have that time on the bench while, you know, he was going off. Devin Booker leading the Suns to the one seed at the time. So uh, it made sense. And – uh yeah, I mean, yeah, and this is hard to argue, but I mean, a lot of people want to argue the Embiid one. I personally, I'm with you. I personally can't, it's hard for me to side with Embiid, just for me personally, knowing that Philly had more star power over there Jokic the entire time, Embiid. while Jokic didn't really Very have as much. Back. So that's just my, like, that's my take on it, in my well, the way I see it. So, yeah. so you're, but you have, so you don't have any huge issues with the rest of them. No, nah, not really. All right. All right. So, yeah. So, the second team, uh, second team, John Morant, Curry is the guards. DeMar DeRozan and KD is the forwards, and Embiid is the center. Obviously, Embiid, is the, Embiid and Jokic are just miles above the rest of the centers in the league. Uh, KD and DeRozan. KD missed a lot of games. When he's out there, he's almost he's top three player in the league. Uh, DeRozan had an insane year. I, I don't have a huge problem with any of that, with any of that. Um, to be honest with you, um, I think those guys are all are all pretty deserving. Katie, he missed a lot of games, but yeah, I mean, but you know, John Morant, Curry, I think, uh, and DeRozan had a great year. I'm glad he got some love and got to be on the second team. Uh, so I don't have a huge problem with that. Uh, and then the third team, Trey Young, Chris Paul, the guards. I mean, though that's a little bit more debatable. LeBron made third team. 
which, yeah, they sucked, but he still did have a great year. Cat was the third-team center, which I think is very deserving. He's definitely the third-best center in the league. And the, other, the biggest surprise to me was Pascal Siakam uh, made All-NBA third-team as the other forwards, which he did have a really good year. Um, so, yeah, uh, do you have any big gripes about either of, any, either of those? Um, uh, probably. Oh, man. <laughs> it's tough when I look at these right now, but I would like to argue John Morant probably should be lowered. Really? Who, yes. Who? For, for the what team point? went, what, 2018, almost 20 games? Yeah, they were great without him, but I mean... Yeah, great without him. That's how many games he missed, though. Yeah, but like who... I mean, I, I wouldn't... I don't think you could put any other guard above him, really. Who would you put above him? Chris Paul? Chris Paul missed well, two games. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul did miss a few games. You know, that's the LeBron spot. That's where I'll put LeBron. LeBron. But they have to go by position with all. Oh, that's right. They did change the rules. I forgot they changed the rules for voting this year for once. They did the smart thing. Didn't like that. I'll say. No, 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 no. Stephen (laughs) A said they didn't. It's crazy. (laughs) I love the honesty they have on here now. They're starting to be more honest. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I, I don't have a any huge gripes with these um i'll say i mean i think that was a surprise to me as well though i'm not gonna lie cat no i'm not surprised by that he had a good year and i mean there's no there's just and just because like it's by position like there's no other centers that i would put above cat as in that third spot like who would even be the next center like rudy gobert or um i was about to say it would depend on if you think defense or offense um I will say, I think you could make an argument for Donovan Mitchell getting one of those third guard spots, but uh, I mean, Trey Young, Trey Young is just such a bad defender is the only thing that gives me pause about him, but he also carries, carried that team on his back. Um, I think you could definitely make an argument for Brandon Ingram should have maybe gotten one of those last forward spots, maybe over Siakam, but I mean, Siakam also had a really good year, so it's tough to take that away from him. Jimmy Butler, actually, Jimmy Butler probably should have been on there i guess it's i don't know if you call jimmy butler a guard or if he's a three um i would have probably put jimmy butler on there over over siakam but other than that i mean i don't really have any significant complaints all right so i have like the players that received votes okay so for the centers there's only two other centers so let's see if would you consider these guys and in my opinion, no, you're right. Cat is better than these two, in my opinion, which is Bam and Rudy Gobert. We're the yeah. only two guys that receive votes. Yeah, no, Cat, I would put Cat over both of them easily. All right. Uh, forwards Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Desmond Bain, Chris Middleton. Jimmy Butler. Desmond Bain is, a, is one that, that yeah, I did not forget. All, not, he had a great year, but not all NBA. Yeah, he um, did have a great year. I would probably yeah. say a Jimmy Butler, I might have put above Siakam. All four of those guys, honestly, are strong candidates. Besides Middleton being the weakest of them, but that's still solid. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I, I, but, I mean, also, like, who would you take out? Like, LeBron, I guess Siakam. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Siakam, that would probably be the only swap I would make. Who, who are the guards that got votes? And then the guards. Here we go. Donovan Mitchell, Mikel Bridges from Phoenix. Yeah, he's not all NBA. Drew Holiday. No. Kyrie. No. Which I don't understand. DeJounte Murray. He did have a solid year. Yeah, he was an all-star. You know. Yeah, I, 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 not all that. No, let me yeah. And Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet also had a great year. Uh, the yeah. only one I mean I would even think about would be Mitchell. But no, nah, I yeah, probably wouldn't true. put any of them over. Of course. So, yeah, I I'm, guess, I'm not a huge I guess problem. I agree mostly with this list, too. Yeah. It's yeah. not as bad. Once you break it down, it's actually – it's kind of makes sense. Pretty no, solid, right on the dot. It's hard to. It's also hard to like move them up and from each other. Like, <laughs> would you say Siakam over DeRozan? No. Would you say DeRozan over Tatum? Though, no. Probably not. I mean, it's a little closer, but no. Yeah, I don't have any huge problems with that. I would have probably put Jimmy Butler on the third team because they were the one seed and he is their guy. But and they're still playing. But but no, I mean, other than that, I don't have any big problems with it. I think they, that's pretty accurate. I would say. Um, so yeah. All right. Well. uh this meeting is going to expire in two minutes. I already sent you the link for the other one. Do you want to just uh, hop on there and start our NFL segments with that? 
Yeah, go ahead. Right, sounds good. See you in like two minutes. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, NFL time. Holy hell. I miss the music so much. All right. So, you got some great segments. I'm excited about these. So, what do you want to do? What do you, what are we starting with here? All right. So, before we go into the main segment, we're going to start with a couple of advertisers, like at a restaurant, of course. And these are just things that we just, you know, caught my eye that maybe you want to talk about real quick, you know? So I call it the media roundup real quick. So I'll, I even have like, the, you know, the media people that I found it from in case they ever hunt us down, which I highly doubt. But in case they do, I'm prepared for them. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start with our friend Chris Sims. He's in charge of the top 40 QB list. Um, we've talked about it a little bit before, a little glance at it. Um, is there anything before I dive into it that you know off the top of your head before we about go? List? Yeah. Um, I mean, one that you remember that was like eh, a little bit not really appealing. I think he put Davis Mills too low, but we'll talk about Davis Mills later. I haven't seen the whole list. I saw the first couple that he did. But okay. It's- wow. So we did talk about it before a little bit. Um, but Davis Mills is at 35 out of the 40. Ernie Tyler Huntley, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, and Trey Lance, which I think he's better than all of the above. Maybe not. Trey, um, Trey Lance maybe could be better this year. You think you think he's better than one? Pl- you don't think he's better than one play, Trey? I mean, I just haven't seen enough of Trey Lance. So, like, by by the metric that Thomas is using, which is like what they're using, um, <laughs> I guess you, I would put Mills above him. Like, like I don't know how, how can you put those backups above Davis Mills when he, as a rookie, came into an horrible situation, an awful roster, and he had the second best year out of all the rookie quarterbacks, with mm-hmm. as bad of a situation as like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, all had terrible years and were in terrible situations. He had as bad a situation as all of them and had a better year. Yeah, I definitely feel like he deserves a lot more respect on his name. But I do think I do think for, you know, his reason that still like he has probably a little bit more to prove. But I definitely I still think he gets his respect on his names over some of the subs. Yeah, uh, Tyler Huntley did play good, but I don't think he did better than the guy that played almost the entire season. Tyler so, far better supporting cast when he was because last I checked, the play the Ravens were a playoff team when the car was given to them, and uh, they were not. <laughs> they, they they were not a playoff team. <laughs> they were not. So <laughs> let's see how that happened. Um, after that, after Trey Lance, so at thirty, here's where it gets pretty juicy. Um, we got Jared Goff, Tua. Marcus Mariota, Mitch. Jared Goff and Tua? Yeah. I don't agree with that. And then Mitch at 27 and Jameis at 26. Interesting. So. I mean, I would. Tua over Jared Goff. Thoughts on that? Tua over Jared Goff? I mean, today I would probably. I mean, that's close. That's kind of a personal preference thing. I think Tua is so much is younger, obviously, so you I mean, we know what Jared Goff is. Tua, I mean, you could argue he still has a little bit of room to go up, although I don't know how high his ceiling is. Um, I would put Jared Goff above him slightly, but I don't – I mean, you're pulling hairs. Having Marcus Mariota over both of them is egregious. Marcus Mariota should not be over either of them. Marcus Mariota, he's not going to be the starting quarterback for the Falcons by the end of the year. Desmond Ritter will be starting by the end of the year. You, like can, that. Mark that, you can mark that down – yeah, I was about to say, I had to look I just looked for my pencil. I agree with that take. I can, let, I can mark that down. I'm not going to say when it will be, but at some point this year, they will turn the keys to Desmond Ritter. Because, like, even you're going to be terrible anyway. Like, you might as well see if this kid can play. And, like, Marcus Mariota, yeah, I, that makes no sense to me. I would put – I mean, no, no disrespect to Mitch. I, I mean, I'm happy and Mitch. He's probably going to be the week one starter. I was fine with the signing, but I'd probably put two and golf over him, too. I think that's a little bit more debatable, but Jared Goff was in a Super Bowl not that long ago. Obviously, yes, he's not great, and they'll replace him eventually. But uh, we did not see Mitch play that much last year, so I would say Goff can be over Mitch Trubisky as, yeah. as well. Right. Who's he got above uh, the Jameis at twenty six? Jameis is probably somewhere in that twenties range. I might have him a little higher, but I'd probably put Jameis over all those guys though that he's that he has. So I want you to put. I want you to remember that. All right, remember Jameis. 
And I want you to ask yourself, is Jameis better than the following names? Okay. So Jalen Hurts. No, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones. Those are the remaining order that he has right now. Daniel Jones should be below all those guys and below Jameis and Tua and Jared Goff. Um, That's egregious that he has Daniel Jones that high. Uh, As far as all the second-year guys, I mean, that's tough because, like, and Jalen Hurts kind of too. I'd probably, just because Jameis is coming off an ACL, I'll give you Jalen Hurts above him. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, he got to the playoffs his first four years as starter. I think there's still reason to believe he's going to get better this year, second year in the system. Um, So I'm not mad at that. And the second year guys, like, based on what you saw from Jameis last year, he was better. But, I mean, I do agree they all could and should, if they're as good as their draft position, surpass Jameis this year. So, I mean, I have no problem projecting that. I think they all have higher upsides. But, I, yeah, I don't have a huge problem with the rest of those besides Daniel Jones. Because I think all those guys should take a step forward this year, even though Justin Fields is in a terrible situation. But Yeah, I was about to say, he's going to just have to play very – Your guys more in depth. I'm excited to talk about that. I think that's going to be fun. But and, and is Daniel Jones – you said that's as far as he's gotten so far? Yeah, this is all he's got. Daniel Jones was his most recent one. That's egregious that he had Daniel Jones above. <laughs> I'm really excited to see what he's going to have for the remaining 20, though. I'm not going to lie. After the Daniel Jones take, it does have me perked up. Like, all right, well, what is he thinking for these next 20? Does this mean Kirk Cousins could be a top 10 quarterback like I'm saying? <laughs> but um, – does always have some hot takes. Hey, I mean, I mean, maybe he's agreeing with him. Hey, man. I, will I, say, I might be a QB guru after all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the so. one thing for Chris Sims is t- his takes are hot, but the 2018 draft QB rankings, he nailed them because he was like the only one. He had Lamar Jackson one, like pre-draft. He had it Lamar, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, which I would put Allen above Lamar today, but I mean, Lamar's won an MVP. So like, you can argue he na- he nailed that draft as far as his evaluation on those five guys. Yeah. He got Darnold number one, if you remember, including me personally at the time. Yeah, you were crazy. <laughs> Anyways, all right. All right, so before we go on to more other things, since we were already talking about these second-year quarterbacks, what, we're going to go ahead and just see which one do you have the most confidence in on just a scale of one to ten. This idea was from Speak for Yourself. Okay. Right? So they, what they did was they literally just, we're going to just see a quarterback and we're going to go ahead and say, which one do we have? How much confidence do you have in them going into next season? And we'll say, I guess the bar would be, I guess, just improving. Like you said, just having just a taking a step forward, showing that you can be the franchise guy. No, we need to set a good bar for everyone. So we're going to say, which one do you have confidence in? what nine wins eight wins nine wins that's pretty much taking the step forward right eight wins nine wins yeah hey my mom's calling me again all right make sure you pause the record it yeah we're talking about most confidence yeah so we were just starting off with the most confidence in the quarterbacks like in your guys Uh uh-huh so what we, we would just say we would just take that next step forward who do you think who do you have the most confidence of doing that yeah okay and I think a good one to start with would be Zach Wilson and the Jets. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I really like what the Jets have done this offseason in the draft. He's definitely going to have a – he's in the same coaching system, same coaching staff um, as last year, second year in the system, much better supporting cast on both sides of the ball, but he's got better – he's got weapons now. He's got – I mean, the Jets don't have a bad – like, they have a so, – their line should be solid. Not great, but solid. He's got all the weapons. So, to me – out of all of them, I mean, you could argue – actually, I think probably you'd say pretty certainly maybe other than Trey Lance, he's got the best supporting cast around him offensively as far as weapons, protection, that sort of thing, assuming Mekhi Becton is back healthy at tackle. And at the same time, he was bad last year. He was really bad uh, for a while. He did get better down the stretch, so I'll say I'm pretty confident in him taking a big step forward. The Jets, I mean, they're still going to be bad because the AFC is brutal, but they should be much improved. Second year in the system, I think he's just in a lot better situation this year than a lot of the other guys. So I'll say I have like a seven of confidence in Zach Wilson. Because at the end of the day, he's also very physically gifted. He has a great arm. He moves well. And I think he's got a a much better supporting cast than most of the other guys we're going to talk about. So I agree. He does have 
a better supporting cast, but I'm going to say my confidence in him is a little bit lower than a seven. I'd say it's a little, probably higher than I would have it than Trey Lance, but interesting. I would say he's in the middle of the pack for me when it comes to confidence right now. And it's, it's hard to get over the fact that he does, in fact, still play for the Jets. That's the true. division is still That's not a joke. Little- That's the problem is that it, the division is still not a joke. Yeah. No, you're so, that's my thing that's holding me back is mostly the competition around him. Like, you're right. They finally got him the weapons to keep up. But now that he does have those weapons, so do the other teams. So we've I mean, seen what yeah. the other teams can do. But um, that's why I'm saying he's like at a six or five for me, you know. That's probably more, probably a better bet. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm confident the Jets will be good. I, they're going to lose a lot of games still. But I think he'll take a big – as far as him – taking a significant step forward and improving, I'm confident that he'll do that. Cause I do still like Zach Wilson or I like him a lot as a prospect. Obviously he had a rough rookie year, but I expect him to take a, to take a pretty significant step forward this year. All right. Yeah. I do think he will have, I also think he will have a more promising sophomore year as well. I think he will have a good, a good jump. Um, so going into the next one, Trevor Lawrence. All right. The prodigy, number one pick. Yep. I am pretty confident myself in him. I'm I'm at like an eight or nine with Trevor Lawrence. Um, mostly because I think coaching was pretty much a big factor in that process in that pro of like helping him develop himself. So that and you see you see the front office has been making moves that seem like they're trying to help him out. Even though, yes, you're going to be over there saying Christian Kirk is too expensive, but yes, it's still a weapon for him. Even though it is a weird weapon, it is a weapon. So it, that's that's what I say. So I, I, in my opinion, I'm pretty confident though in Trevor Lawrence. Rather, right now, it's probably going to be right now though. Also, his competition isn't as comp as hard as probably most of these guys. Yeah. So. I agree with you. Uh, as far as taking a step forward in year two, I'm the most confident in Trevor Lawrence out of all these guys. I'd probably say nine for me just because solely setting aside this for two reasons, really. Yes, they improved the supporting cast, even though it's still bad, and the Jags are still not going to be great. I think they'll improve. They'll have to improve. But literally just based on the fact that, one, he's by a mile still the best prospect out of all these guys coming out. He's still the best quarterback prospect to come out in, like, years. Um, obviously I don't think he's like Burrow is amazing, but like, but coming out, like Lawrence was a higher graded prospect than Burrow. Like no one knew Burrow would be this good. People knew he thought he'd be good, but they didn't know he'd be this good. So that, and two, and the more important reason he could not, I mean, he, the coaching upgrade is going to be so significantly massive. He going from urban Meyer, he literally could have not had a worse situation his first year. To now go into a Super Bowl winning coach who's been in the NFL for years, play quarterback in the NFL. I mean, the upgrading coaching is just to me going to be so so significant. Um, I yeah, I expect Trevor Lawrence. I still don't think they'll be great or very good even, but but yeah, I expect a huge step forward from Trevor Lawrence. I'm agree with you. I'm very confident in Trevor Lawrence improving a lot this year. Yeah, I'm really excited to see that. Um, it's going to make the AFC South honestly a little bit more fun to watch. You know, it's. <laughs> Not going to be, oh, here comes the Jags. You know, it's probably going to be like a 60, 70% chance the other team's going to win. No, it's, it's going to be a pretty, all games are going to be good, I think. But hey, I'll say this. I don't know if this is even a hot take, but I think by the end of this, by the end of next season, you'll be like, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the AFC South because you have uh, Tannehill I, and Davis Mills. I think I kind of think that right now. He might already be. Yeah. yeah I, I was about to say, I kind of think that already right now. <laughs> I kind of. Like potentially speaking, like if he lives up to the potential that I think he is going to live up to, I I think he's the best QB right there right now. I mean, yeah, you can argue Matt Ryan probably or Tannehill as because they have the numbers to prove it. But I I agree with that statement. By the end of the season, I think if that jump happens, I think we a lot of people will be saying Trevor Lawrence. He finally showed up. This is his place. Maybe you know, see to stay. Agree. All right, who's next? Justin Fields. Uh, you want to start or you want me to start? I can start. Um, for him personally, to take that jump, I think yes. I, I, I think Justin Fields is mature. 
I've seen we've seen him make some dumb decisions, rookie decisions, but also make some good decisions. And you know, he's very mobile. Um, I see the hype around him. That's what I is what I'm trying to say. Is I do see the the hype that was around him, and I kind of believe in it. But at the same time, which everyone I think is aware of, it's not going to have the best supporting cast this year. He is going to be a lonely, lonely soldier, a lonely bear. Yeah. So my confidence overall in him is probably going to be a five. So I would definitely have it lower than Zach Wilson. And yeah. Let's just say it that way. Five is more optimistic than I am. And I do agree with you that I really like Justin Fields. He is physically gifted. He's got a rocket arm. He's super athletic, great mobility, runs very well. I liked him a lot coming out. Um, now there is uh, Ohio State quarterback syndrome, which uh, they don't have a great track record, but I liked him much more as a prospect than any other Ohio State quarterback coming out in recent years. Um, so I do like Fields a lot, and I agree with you that he's mature. I think he has he has everything to be a franchise quarterback, but I'm going to put my confidence at a, at a three, uh, and that has nothing to do with Justin Fields, sadly, but it's just the, they got him a new new coach, all new system, and a defensive coach. I don't know if he can coach. Maybe Aberflus would be great. Who knows? But not super confident in it. And he has a bottom 5-0 line, probably, terrible line, and probably also bottom five weapons. So to me, there's just nothing there. I, I like Justin Fields, and I hope the Bears can build around him because I think he can be a really good quarterback. But as far as taking a – I think he'll take still take a step forward because his rookie year was bad. And he's super talented, but I don't not confident at all that he's going to take a big step forward just because of the situation. Like, I mean, I, I banged on the Bears a lot in the draft episode, post draft episode, and yeah, I'm just not at all very not confident at all with what he has around him. Maybe three is a little low because I do think he has a he's a very talented player and could still be a good quarterback. And who knows if they get this coach right and they get the GM right, maybe by next year they can get some better pieces around him and he'll. he'll but he's going to be carrying that. He's trying to carry that offense this year. It's just kind of a mess. So not not super confident he's going to take a big step forward. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I agree just because of like what like we both said, the surrounding pieces. All right. Last one that comes to mind for the second-year QBs, unless you have another one, is Davis Mills. There's, I mean, there's two others, but yeah. Who's the other one after that? Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Oh, yeah, Mac Jones. I completely forgot about that guy. All right, we're going to get to them. Um, surprising, he good thing they weren't on the – Mac Jones wasn't on the list, so we got one thing right. Um, all right, so Davis Mills, confidence in him for me. For him to take that next step, it's probably going to be the same confidence that I have in Justin Fields just because I think I think we've probably seen enough of him already, you know? I don't know if he's going to take that next step. I, I don't know. It's a weird con- – I have very minimal confidence with him for some reason. It's iffy. I disagree with you slightly. I don't – I still wouldn't say – I definitely don't have the confidence in him taking the step forward of a Wilson or a Lawrence. But I, I would say like four and a half, five. I don't know if we're allowed to do halves, but probably closer to four or five. I'll say five just because I want to you – know, just to be a little different. Than you. I'll say five because I think that – Compared to the – he had a better year. He had a good year last year, all things considered. Like, he had the second-best numbers out of all these rookies after Mac Jones, who was in a far better situation. Um, he's big. He can move well enough. He does. He's not going to wow you. He doesn't wow you with any of his athleticism or physically. He's mobile enough. He's got a good enough arm. He, he throws a really good deep ball, actually. He had one of the highest, best passer ratings on deep balls in the league last year. Um the coaching change I don't love. I really don't understand why they fired David Culley. Like, for what for what it was. Like, that team is awful. Uh, and they're still bad. But I would argue that he has the, – the thing, though, and this is one thing why I think he's in a slightly better situation than Justin Fields, even though the Texans are probably a worse overall roster. One, even though they changed coaches, I think this is key, and I don't think anyone's talking about this, they maintained the same O.C., because Lovey Smith was already on their staff and they just moved him to head coach. They kept Pep Hamilton as the OC. So he's still going to be, and Mills is a defensive guy, or Lovey's a defensive guy. So I'm guessing it's still going to be relatively the same system with the same OC. That's huge, I think. That combined with 
Yes, Houston still has a bad offense, but I think it's slightly better than what Justin Fields has. He at least has Tunsil. That's one tackle. Titus Howard is kind of a guard-tackle hybrid who's not bad. And they drafted Kenyon Green in the first round. I thought it was a little bit high for him, but I like him. I think he should be a quality, develop into a nice starting guard. So I think he has a still a bad line, don't get me wrong, but slightly better than what Justin Fields has. And he still has bad weapons, but again, I would say it's, it's better than what Fields has because he at least has Brandon Cooks, who's a good, proven receiver. Nico Collins, year two, he had some flashes as a rookie. He could take a step forward. And they drafted John Mechie from Alabama, who's coming off an injury, but he's a nice player. Could be a, He's a little undersized, but could be a nice receiver. So I think as far as weapon, supporting cast goes, the running back this is a mess. But as far as it's, – and it's still, it's still not a great supporting cast, but it's better than what Fields has, and it is still the same OC. I think he'll take a step forward. I don't know how big of one. And obviously that's still probably the worst roster in the AFC, them or the Jags. Um, so that's why I'm still at a five, but I, I mean, I was very impressed with Davis Mills. And as I, I've said probably a billion times to you, had he stayed one more year at Stanford, he would have come probably balled out based on what he did in the NFL. He would have been a, the first quarterback picked in this draft last year. He would have gone before Kenny Pickett for sure. Uh, and, completely confident in saying that had he stayed one more year of college. So I, I'm a little more, I, I'm, I'm going to ride this Davis Mills wagon until it crashes and it may crash and it may crash badly, but I, I'm a, I'll, I'll say a five. All right. So it looks like we both agree on the confidence level. Um, yours is just like a little bit more of an in-depth. We both said five. Um, I hope you did you say five? I thought you said yeah, five. Yeah, I did say five. <laughs> I said five. Sorry. I, I, um, I do think – I did think – oh, wait, I didn't even say five. I was thinking Justin Fields. But I actually was thinking the same thing, maybe a little bit lower than Justin Fields, though, or higher, sorry, than Justin Fields. So I guess it would be like, what, a six? <laughs> Since you already said five. But, yeah, I was, I was thinking right around that, that range, though, as well. Uh, just because, like you said, sporting cast still improving, but you know, still struggling, but it is improving. Um, better than the bear. I, I think it's easy, not better. Easy, I think it's better yeah. than what the bears have. Yeah, no, I agree. For the bears, <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be, I've seen times where I've been wrong so strong, and if the bears come out to be a 10 win team, like Nick Wright supposedly thinks they will be, Nick Wright said that, yes. <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the post. It was like on the Vikings uh, Bleacher Report page. It was like some dude put it on there. I was like, why? I was like, why does he think that? And, um, this meeting's gonna end in ten minutes. That's so stupid. We can get through this set. It's almost say. done. All right. Next up, uh, who are the other two? Trey, Trey Lance. Jones. How much confidence do I have in one play, Trey? <laughs> Whew, man, I like Trey Lance as much as I do. I'm down. Yeah, I don't. Uh, there's a reason why they have them. They have all this QB tension over there. There's a reason why Garoppolo is still there. Um, it's the cards are just the cards are there right now. The signs are there. The signs are saying, "Look, man, we don't know about this guy." All right, like and Jimmy Garoppolo got us to the playoffs. All right, like if you had something good, why and and if you're gonna sit there and say because he's a young prospect, he could be better than that. Well. Better was the NFC championship. I don't know if Trey Lance is NFC championship ready. Well, okay. So here's my, my rebuttal to this. I'll let you continue. Sorry. I don't want to go off on another tangent. No, no, you already started. Go ahead. ahead. So, so for Trey Lance. Okay. So for all these other guys, we're going with our confidence metric is like them taking a significant or at least a respectable step forward from what they did rookie year. Correct. Yes. Yes. So how do we gauge Trey Lance? Because we barely saw him as a rookie. He, he played a lot less than these other five guys. So like, what do you, what am I confidence in, in what, like in him having a relatively good season, like on the NFL spectrum or like showing that he can be, that he's the guy that they didn't mess up the pick. I guess. Yeah. Proving to you that he can meet those team franchise expectations. And continue, continue with your thing. And then I'll, I'll give you my rebuttal. I mean, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to restart something like that. You know, train was rolling. You got to stop. Now you got to get it right back going again. You know, it takes a second. But but I can get a little train Lance Grant going back up. All right. But so, dang, it's actually a little more complicated than I thought. (laughs) Hmm. I just see. I just feel like, like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo got you to that second, got you to the NFC championship. 
Um, it's going to be hard for Trey Lance to make that expectation. Yes, we can agree with that. Getting back to NFC Championship was a, almost pretty impressive in itself for the Niners this past year. Yeah, I don't think they'll be back at the NFC Championship. Yeah, I feel like both whoever mans the quarterback position, it'll be a little bit harder for them to repeat that. Um, do I think if Trey Lance were to start, I personally don't think they would be a playoff team. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be that factor to keep them in the playoff hunt. Interesting. That is my opinion. Um, I just, from what we've seen from Trey Lance, from what, like, we haven't seen much from Trey Lance, like you said. We got the one play Trey. And we have a mastermind offensive guru over there in Shanahan, and he has only one play for him, you know? Well, not not necessarily, of course, but, I mean, goes the saying. Um, it's, it's tough to, you know, to argue what his future will be when you haven't seen much, like you said. But from what I've – just from what you're getting from, like, everyone else around him, just team-wise, it doesn't seem like the time is ready and he might not be ready. So that's why my confidence is lower on him. And that's why I feel like out of all these guys, he's probably my lowest one. I probably have him at my four or three spot. Okay. Um, I disagree with you completely. And I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons why. I, I don't completely disagree with that. I shouldn't say that. Because, all right, yes, he barely played last year. One, he's going into by season by far the best. Can I interrupt you. Did he play the year before that? No. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, he's two raw. years. He, he's very raw. Absolutely. And that's why he needed a city year. He's incredibly raw. But my reason why I'm confident in Trey Lance, one, I think the whole Garoppolo controversy stuff is overblown. I think it's more just because, and I obviously don't know, I'm not in the room, but I think that's more just because they thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to have a lot more trade value than he ended up having. I think they were just very confident they'd be able to get a decent amount for Garoppolo, like at least a second, third round pick or something. And now he got the surgery. Other teams have made their QB moves. And now they're like, there's no market. There's probably literally no market at all for Jimmy G. So I think it might just be them being stubborn and hanging on to him because they have no, there's no value because they've, they want to get something in return for him. And I think that's why he's still there. I don't think they're going to roll with Trey Lance. They have to. And, and the reason I'm more confident in him is because at the end of the day, the Niners are a well-run organization. They have a good, really good coach, a really good GM. I think they know what they're doing and they gave up all that. And they picked Trey Lance. They could have had Justin Fields or Mac Jones and they've went with him. He's very raw. Yes. He played in the FCS, North Dakota state. He didn't play the COVID year took limited snaps last year, but he has his physical tools are off the charts. He's big, strong, fast, athletic. Um, I would still probably pick fields if I was them there, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he's just in a great situation. He's going to have a really good O-line. He's going to have uh, – he still has good weapons, depending on what happens with Debo, but if Debo's there, he has really good weapons. He's in a great situation. So my confidence in Trey Lance is like – I'll say like a six to a seven. Um, just because I think the Niners know what they're doing. And the, the ceiling is high. It, it might be choppy. And I agree with you that I don't think they'll have be as good as they were last year. I think they'll be fringe wild card, wild card team, I'll say. Probably don't go anywhere in the playoffs because it's going to be learning. I think the real – Trey Lance is going to need, like, a couple years under his belt, I think, similar to, like, a Josh Allen before. And I'm not saying he'll be Josh Allen. But I'm confident just because of everything around him. He's got the physical tools, also seems mature. And, and I think the, the Garoppolo still being on the team stuff is a little overblown. I think it's more just Garoppolo. They thought they would get a lot more for him. And so they're kind of just being stubborn now because they want to get value in return. So I'll say six, six to seven for Trey Lance confidence. Okay. Um, I, I just want to mention one last thing. We have mentioned in the other ones. I have to speed through the competition around him. It's tough. It it's is tough. tough. The competition around him is tough. But that is that's another thing we have to conference is much easier. You say conference is much easier, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't get out of your division. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, yeah, that's if fair. You can't make it out of the bigger picture out of the small frame. You're not going to see the bigger picture. So yeah. All right. Um, I agree to disagree on that one. I think that's definitely our biggest disagreement, it seems. We're we were relatively nice. in similar wavelengths on the other ones, except for that one. We'll see. Yeah. I have to make a Trey Lance bet at some point. Um, we'll be down the road. Yeah. 
So um, before this uh, next breaker comes in, we're going to go ahead and wrap up with Mac Jones, which I think we both, well, we, I don't know. I'm, I'm confident that Mac Jones will probably maintain or take that next step of what they did last year. Um, taking the, in the terms of taking that next step, will he be more efficient than what he was last year? Maybe. I mean, no Josh McDaniels will be interesting to see. Um, but I do have him pretty high. I, I have him probably at eight or seven, personally. I, I do think the Patriot way is going to also help with that. Um, you know, the, I feel like Belichick has it probably drilled pretty well in his head what to do with the weapons around him. And he's done that with Bama. And they're going to um, – Patriot way. And that's what I'm going to just end that with is I think the Patriot way will pay off. Two-minute drill here. Yep. <laughs> I disagree with you on this one, actually, because, all right, well, so just to preface it, like Matt Jones had by far the best year out of all these guys last year, and he was in by far the best situation of all these guys that started, not because Trey Lance didn't play. I'm not confident at all that he's going to take a big step forward. In fact, I think as far as maintaining what he did last year, yeah, I think he'll he'll be probably around the same kind of numbers he had last year. But I think that Josh McDaniels' loss is huge. That's a veteran, proven OC. The Patriots, they, they still don't know who's going to call their plays. The weapons around him, still not great. They have Devontae Parker now, so I guess slightly improved. The line, they lost Shaq Mason. They replaced him with this Cole Strange kid that he drafted way too high. I mean, he'll probably be good because the Patriots know O-line. But at what point does the Patriot way like, start running out? So I'm going to say my confidence in him taking a step forward is going to be like four. Because I, I think he'll be about at the same level he was. But, like, the team around him, I don't know, the defense is going to be worse because they lost J.C. Jackson. It's not, And they lost Shaq Mason, which is huge. It's not going to be a relatively improved roster overall. And I think losing the O.C. is, is huge. So I disagree with you on that, Joe. I don't think he's going to take a big step forward. I may also just be biased because I didn't like him coming out as much as other people. And he kind of proved me wrong last year. But I don't, I don't see him taking a huge step forward. It's just like your homework, Colby. Copy and paste the answers. That's what they're going to do with the offensive coordinator in the Patriots. That's why I said the Patriot way. The Patriot way, remember, they had the best quarterback of all time for most of that. So. Yeah, starting to believe that was mostly, mostly his work. But uh, <laughs> no. before we do that, we're going to go ahead and take a snap break. All right. Uh, do we want to... Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. For more content check out the website or follow us on spotify or other social platforms for more quote-unquote unbiased takes